anywhere in the world, if you just go on humfmradio.com, H-U-M-F-M-R-A-D-I-O.com. I asked one of our Desi guys, do you know how to, all these guys are, Desi guys are all spelling bee champions, right? So I asked one Desi guy, aapko malum hai? humfmradio.com ko spelling kaise kyunki main hamesha radio pe bolta rehta hu how to spell it out kaise it's very easy i'm a this i'm like a spelling bee humfmradio.com h u m f m r a d i o d o t c o m aise d o t kahan se aa gaya kaise sir hum spelling champion hai mathematics ke champion nahi hai dot nahi lagate hum pura d o t bol dete hai isliye main batana chahta hu ki it is humfmradio.com h u m F-M-R-A-D-I-O dot C-O-M You can listen to us anywhere in the world. We are indeed it looks like in a cold wave. Today it was it didn't hit 100, right? Right, Dinkar? right. I mean, 97 tak tha. I thought in you, the morning it I was 75. I had to get a jacket out or something. Hmm. Not, it's not a joke. It's really, <laughs> it is so hot in Texas. It is. That this is pleasant today. I liked it. Too. Yes. We have a great show today. We got two hours back to back two lovely shows. A lot of information today. Today our show is going to be informative and I'd like people to participate if they want to or they can just listen to us. And I think the first topic is probably one of the most important topics that we're going to be talking this whole year. It's about cancer and a particular type of cancer which we know can be prevented by a vaccination to a certain extent. Okay. To a very good, great extent actually. I mean, you know, Dinkar and Smriti, we talk about Uh, don't smoke it'll prevent one kind of a cancer right don't chew tobacco another kind of cancer etc etc mm. but this one that we talk about cancer we're going to talk about can be prevented by a vaccination which i think is 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 amazing the breakthrough in discovering what causes a cancer and then finding a vaccination against that virus This discovery is not too long ago. It's been maybe 30 to 40 years ago that the virus was actually identified as the cause of cancer. And we're talking about cervical cancer, but it's not just the cervix of the female that this virus can cause a cancer, but in females, it can also cause in males, it can also cause oral cancer in, in certain people. And hence, I think it's very apt, very important that we have one of the board members of the Indo-American Cancer Awareness Network, I-A-C-A-N, as it's known. Uh, we have one of the board members, Dr. Sanjay Shethe. Uh, Shethe. How do you pronounce it, sir? Uh, uh, My name is Butcher. I always say my name is Butcher. Sanjay Shethe. Shethe. So, welcome, Dr. Shethe, to our... A lovely studio out here as you see it's like a business class lounge out here if you notice uh, yes. it's so beautiful the studio is on the 11th floor we can see the entire town of Houston on this side that side we don't see it's Fort Bend County anyway who cares about that <laughs> county but this side the Harris County we can see so well and so on behalf of all my co-hosts Dinkar, Smriti, Jagat my name is Subodh I welcome you and I can into our studio for this first hour where we're going to be talking about a very important topic All those listeners out there, they are parents, some of them may be grandparents of youngsters who we are going to be targeting today if they can listen to us carefully and see if, not, if the kids have not received this vaccination, this may be the right time to do it. As Mona Lisa was telling me, uh, Mona Lisa and I have been good friends since she introduced me to IA Can <coughs> two years ago. 
and she was telling me that you know our vaccination month was last month but she made a very good point that vaccinations are 12 monthly there's no real one month when you don't have your vaccination go get it so i think it is very That's important great. that we do the show all the way in september now about hpv vaccination so i'm going to let my co-hosts also ask you question but i want you to introduce yourself um uh, your background back in india and then what are you doing currently at md anderson hospital so uh, good afternoon everyone uh, so my name is as uh, subodh mentioned uh, sanjay shetty i'm a professor um, of epidemiology and biostatistics at md anderson cancer center i also hold endowed chair in the uh, betty b marcus chair in cancer prevention mm. um, i lead the our um, I, i'm one of the co-leader for the cancer um, risk detection and outcome program at md anderson and i'm working there almost 23 and a half years now at uh, md anderson originally from maharashtra in india namchi mumbai jhalis paise right yeah but although i'm uh, <laughs> he's not from bombay uh, yes uh, quite far away from mumbai yeah. almost 350 kilometers away from where mumbai. you from i'm from sangli it is sangli yeah, it's a sangli. smaller town like uh, quite, famous uh, yes so i think before we got in the hpv do you want so then you went to you went uh, then did you where did you do your phd and your college stuff so i did my studies in india like bachelor's and master's degree in india and then i came to university of georgia to get my phd fantastic in, in athens georgia what is your uh, subject there so i got my phd in um, a very uh, technical statistical field but then i also got interested in genetics so i have okay. my, my thesis had both parts working in statistics as well as in genetics then i went to case western reserve university in cleveland ohio did, did a year and a half postdoctoral fellowship there in the genetic and molecular epidemiology wow, wow. and then i came That's to amazing. md anders that's a great university yeah yes fantastic fantastic so um i know he's been uh, the principal investigator for several large us na- uh, studies right but national institute of health funded grants as well that's correct uh, yes, so he correct. comes from yeah i know so we obviously i know you were talking about the cancer and yeah. then we heard a little bit about his background so uh, tell us what got you interested in this field so i think like you know uh, particularly hp vaccination um i was working in the cancer and head neck cancer particularly and as the the time started coming in it starts looking at it the most of the head neck cancer patients that we started seeing uh, were hpv positive hmm. okay and so that's when first i got involved in there and then came they to call know, it head neck but they're looking actually in the oral pharyngeal right. a, or laryngeal area uh, facial yes. area yeah. and yes that's a broad area yeah. but particularly that's most affected by hpv is the oropharyngeal cancers right. and so as i started looking into this one um i was uh, i i came to know that there is a vaccine and i started looking at it and then i realized that the country which is at the for- foremost uh, you know at the forefront of developing and discovering the vaccine and mm-hmm. and producing uh, is not uh, up to date in the vaccination the goal of 2020 uh, healthy people 2020 was to have at least 80% of age eligible children vaccinated and as of now uh, us has um, only uh, 64 65% uh, children who are age eligible are vaccinated between age 13 and 17 and particular state of texas it's even worse we are uh, the most recent data that just came out like last week we are about 58.5% vaccinated which is way lower than the 
Healthy People 2020 goals and mm-hmm. way further away from eliminating the uh, HPV uh, infection in the population as well as HPV-associated cancers. Right. And, you know, just to give a little medical background, as I be- practiced medicine for the last 30 years, and um, pediatrics and adults. So I've seen the rainbow of everything in life as far as medicine is concerned. So just to tell our listeners, we have about 70,000 people listening to you today, Sanjay. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give a little bit of a medical infusion into this program right. uh, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. HPV stands for Human Papilloma Virus. And it's, it's, a, it's a small little virus that was discovered many years ago that it had an association uh, with cervical cancer. Is that the only cancer which is no. associated? No. So that's okay. the thing. You know, cervical cancer is only in females, but right. th- it's discovered that it can cause cancers in male genitalia also, and also because of sexualities, oropharyngeal cancer. You know, okay. uh, in mome and in the lower part of the, fa- you know, upper part right. of the pharynx, maybe in the trachea, around the, you know, vocal cords, etc., so that area also it can cause. And the beauty of this discovery was that because it's a virus, the scientists felt that, look, there can be a vaccination that can counter this. The HPV, there are so many different strains, of course, but there are two main strains that we worry about. So when they started doing the vaccination for HPV, Fifteen years ago, Rick Perry was the governor. I, 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 a little political background, and be, being a very conservative state, right. and the taboo of HPV with sexuality, right. a lot of the conservatives in his own party uh, did boo-boo to him that, why are you bringing this vaccination mandatory? Because he mandated it in the schools. And then... It lost its popularity so for I a little while. Talk about the vaccination. So this vaccination is given at what ages? So like, it starts can, early, or uh, yes. So I think uh, maybe uh, I'll just give a little bit more background on HPV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like HPV is different than HIV. As I mm-hmm. mentioned, it is not HIV or herpes, HSV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the most common um, virus, and there are more than hundred types of viruses, and not all of them cause cancers. Uh, there is a two main, which is called HPV-16 and 18, are the wo- most one that lead to cancers. But there are many other types uh, also leading to cancer. Almost 40 types lead to cancer. So that's quite a lot. Um, and just to give the background in epidemiology, um, very high percentage of the uh, Americans will have HPV at least one time in their lifetime. Uh, fortunately, 9 out of the 10 will be able to clear the HPV uh, infection on its own without any health complications or getting cancer. But on an average, at any given time point, like at this time, there are about 40 million Americans who are infected. And every year, we're adding about 13 million new people into this pool. And as I mentioned, 9 out of 10 will clear on its own. But there is this 1 out of 10 or about 10% of them will not clear on its own. That's the one which can lead to uh, genital warts as well as uh, several types of cancer, almost six types of cancers. How do you detect these cancers? I mean, just for a layperson, I mean, what do they do or the testing or how, how do they, I mean, how do you discover that they have this kind of cancer? Uh, Smriti, that's a really good question. So unfortunately, there is no test that we can tell in general population. Like if I, I, I want to know, do I, am I HPV right. positive? There is no test available there. So that's, that makes it very difficult. 
the only test that's available is to uh, that doctors use for cervical cancer screening for women between age 30 and 65 so but as far as routine testing do i have hpv there's no test available as of now there is no, no test available and that makes it more complicated that you you don't know whether you are clearing it whether you are even infected and that means unknowingly because you don't have any symptoms you will transmit the the infection to other people without knowing that you uh, have that infection and that person may have some susceptibility that could will not clear on its own and that could lead to one of the cancers or genital warts so suppose i know you're a physician so do you recommend this to your patients yeah we do we do and and just to um, a- just to elaborate on uh, what sanjay said that and, and, and yes a lot of females do get infected especially in teenage years as they become sexually active, active yeah. the problem is males carry it you know so when males and females and so um, in females as sanjay mentioned you can do a pap smear and start detecting in males you cannot correct because that's the problem with this hpv now in some men and women you may see like warts genital warts that's also caused by hpv but Luckily those warts don't become cancerous all the time mm. but it's the pap smear that really detects that's why we push at a, after age 21 to uh, get we, a pap smear yeah in sexually active women to get pap smears mm-hmm. and and that's what Sanjay was talking about how we can detect it but do I advocate the vaccination we'll come to that but the emphatic answer is yes we do i have two daughters and both of them got those that vaccination also i see my son did not get it because at that time they were not giving it to boys and now he's going to make his own decisions i can't force anything <laughs> the others i could force them so, so yes. you think the men the population for boys and men i mean are they that is there awareness that they need to get this and that's not? why we're going to talk to the epidemiologists why do we have why Sorry, do we have no, only like, 58% in texas so i think like you know but the boys are catching up so the just to give background uh, in 2008 um in 2006 it was approved for uh, girls only initially because it was found in the, uh, in a cervix and that made sense but in us currently the number one cancer hpv associated cancer is not cervical but it's oropharyngeal cancer which is most affected to the men than the uh, female and so in i think around 2008 2009 the vaccine was approved for also giving it to the boys so it, initially it came out as a, a vaccine for girls only but then now it is so the boys have caught up so most of the boys mm-hmm. currently are almost the the vaccine up to date rates for the uh, girls and boys are almost identical in this very nice yeah. yeah yeah well and and in our own practices and a lot of my peers at age well it's approved at age 9 and above Okay. Somehow the other in my practice we give it at age 11 because that's the other time where we're giving other vaccination but I would love to ask uh, Sanjay if there are any statistics of how many kids are receiving them and again I'm going back to the same question why is it in Texas we are is it the physicians to blame the parents the children or the fear of side effects what is it that deters others from uh, taking this 
So I think, like, you know, we did research on this one, and it's really the number one reason is the uh, number one predictors of HIV vaccination is actually the healthcare professional's recommendation. Okay. And sometimes that recommendation, although you know, you know, it's increasing, almost 70-80% of the healthcare professionals are recommending. Mm-hmm. But that means that it's converse. There is a, some s- small percentage of them are not recommending. And also, I think one of the fear, I, I think, like, you know, it started out because, you know, uh, it's recommended routinely between age 11 and 12, but you can start as early as age 9. And that time, parents have difficulty in thinking that, oh, this is sexually transmitted infection, but my child is not sexually uh, active. But it's not really you start, the, you give the vaccine after they become active. You, it's a prophylactic, it's preventive. So you give this one before the uh, uh, initiation of sexual activity. And the main reason, I think, the particular we have found that the mothers are concerned about how safe it is. Sometimes right, like some, some of them have side effects, right? I mean, are they concerned about that you're giving something when they don't have it, but you're giving it for preventive, yet they have side effects? And that's right. And I think there is, like any other um, vaccine, there's always some side effects, but they tend to be mild most of the time. So they will get like a you know, pain, redness, swelling in the arm where the shot is given, Sometimes like a day for uh, fever, dizziness, uh, headache, nausea. It's the same as like what we went through recently with the uh, COVID vaccination. But most of the symptoms go away within one or two years for most of the participants. But I think like there is some small percent of people may have um, fainting, uh, particularly that's common in adolescent population. But uh, the persistent fear that, well, it's not required vaccine then why do i need to give it to my child right and also because the the belief is that oh again there is a connection with the sexuality sexual activity and the fear and then it's not mandatory and the third one is like anytime um, you are putting something in the child the parents are nervous we all are nervous right and that's uh, typical uh, one of the common reasons uh, why people and there is a lot of misinformation and disinformation mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. uh, social media right and i think in this day and age everybody is becoming doctor yeah right no. dr subodh yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, feels yeah, like i'm changing oh. my name i'm not even subodh anymore <laughs> <laughs> dr <Yes>. google <laughs> so how about these so kids a, in the in school like education so in school like are they is, not it's, uh, making them aware now it, 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 again it, it's a lot of it is a social taboo uh, and that's why I have a question. Uh, 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 one of our listeners texted this for me. I'm going to read it mm-hmm. verbatim. HPV is for the young preteens female. How do you test at that young age for cancer? So at that young age, nobody's testing. So we start actually for, among the female. The only cancer screening uh, that is uh, HPV associated is the cervical cancer. And we don't, because really what happens is that even if somebody gets HPV infection at age 14, it's going to be decades before they are going to develop cancer. So you don't need to start testing for it. So in U.S., Preventive Services uh, Task Force uh, recommends that we start screening women for cervical cancer at age 21, but not with HPV, but just pap testing, Mm -hmm. a pap smear testing. And between age 30, 30 and 65, mm-hmm. you can do it with the HPV, uh, HPV test right. for testing whether they have HPV infection or not. And it, yeah. Right. And it's amazing. The technology um, is amazing now to test for those things. Please go ahead, sir. Uh, yes. And I, I think, like as you said, like, yes, the technology has um, improved substantially. And I, I think I'll, I'll talk a little later as, you know, right now it's not a very 
comfortable for women to go and do the pap testing because it's again social taboo mm-hmm. and a very small percentage of women even actually highly educated women go there because they feel like well it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, but i think there is a lot of other advances coming even the self collection of mm-hmm. the sample and sending the kit out and that way you don't have to be even go to, uh, so that's uh, all those things are coming up and will happen very soon in the in US right i i, I agree so i mean one thing i was going to ask you is like when you talk about the vaccine and how i mean how easy it is to access or like what what are the costs associated with it and where can you get it and how does that work with insurance before you before you right. answer i'm just going to give our station id it's time sure, already it's time to give uh, folks are listening to open forum and we have uh, dr sanjay shete uh who is from md anderson we are talking about a vaccination called hpv human papilloma virus you may have seen when you go to your pediatric doctor or to your regular doctor they may be at age 11 or even before that in quite some cases age 9 they may offer you a shot called hpv vaccine and in uh, the the actual term may be gardasil 9 as they call it and you wonder what is this gardasil nile the nurse at the school didn't say that you need that she just told me get a meningitis shot and a tdap shot what is this new thing you're talking about well let me give you some news it's not new it's been there for 15 years and as uh, sanjay said we've been trying to push this for a long time as it prevents cervical cancer at a later age and a a caller had asked why are we not testing preteens exactly that because we don't do pap smears you know in a teenage yeah. till age 21 and if they're sexually active we definitely do pap smears but right. before that because we don't do it the best thing is to prevent it and how do you prevent it by vaccination well look look at look at polio let's go back to polio L- polio is almost eradicated in the world or it is That's eradicated right. it is in the world it is. It is. It is how eradicated. do you think we did this there was no chumantar out there we had to actually go Vaccin- out and vaccinate, vaccinate yeah. millions when i say millions you're talking of hundreds of millions of people they get vaccinated and eventually polio was eradicated right. actively the only polio virus you can find now is in labs okay you can you, virology labs it's under lock and key you cannot even access it it's that secretively kept hpv hopefully one day if we can fight this condition you'll see the cancer and i'm going to ask you for statistics later on of what is the decrease the percentage decrease but hpv vaccination can do that same thing it may take many many years but parents parents not the children they will not be able to make that decision they're so young they have to realize that they have to be educated smriti you hit it right on spot why are we not educating uh, the parents yeah. but Or the, the school they maybe they maybe they have to give out brochures because the kids right. are not going to read it and then us physicians have to keep talking about it again and again and programs like these open forum and so many other radio programs media outlets etc have to talk about this and you listen there's always going to be non vaccinators out there they always they nev- never even had a flu shot forget the tetanus shot you can forget the covid shot so for them to be convinced that you need to get a hpv shot in the kids is going to be very difficult but then there are so many others our target is 80% we are only at 59% in texas wow. it's pathetic it we need to pathetic. move it up 
I want our listeners to, if they have a question, call us. This is the right time to talk to us. And I know about, he was going to let us know about the cost and about yes. like where to get, I mean, whether the insurance approves it, it doesn't, and how do we go about it? Because right. I think a lot of people would have that question. Uh, we'll take one of our callers out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope they're calling about the same thing we're talking about. Uh, hello, welcome to Open Forum. Can you hear me? Hello. Uh, yes, I can. Can oh, you hi. hear me? Yes, uh, loud Hello. and clear. And you got a beautiful radio voice. Uh, <laughs> I hope you don't well, come and replace us here one day. <laughs> um, you said, or the doctor said, there were several different strains, or I know there's several different strains of the HPV virus, um, and only two particularly cause the um, cancer. So how do you know if you get the vaccine? Uh, that it will prevent any of those numerous strains of cancer or numerous strains of HPV. Um, how do you know you're getting, quote-unquote, the right one? So I think that's a very... And then, and then I have a follow-up question. I'm sorry, you said um, it takes so many years for it to develop. Um, are they starting to screen for the virus during a routine pap smear, or is it just something that happens later on in someone's life, a lady's life? Great questions. Thank Ho- you. Hold on, and Thank we're going to answer, and then we'll see if there's any follow-up. Uh, right. Yes, so okay. I think... I think your first question, which is like, you know, there are, as I mentioned, there are hundreds of variants of these uh, types of HPV. Of that, 40 causes the cancer. But the research showed that the most common, the, the, the one which leads to most uh, significant number of cancer cases was 16 and 18. So initially when the vaccine came, and it was called bivalent, and which was only targeting these two strains, uh, two types. But then... Uh, then they realized that there is a genital warts also, and so they uh, the the vaccine's name changed to quadrivalent, which has now four, two cancer causing and two genital warts. And since about six years ago, in US, by the way, we don't get the quadrivalent or bivalent yeah. because they have become obsolete. So only what actually Subodh was saying earlier, Garacel nine, and that nine stands for nine different types that are targeted in this one. These are the most common leading to the cancer. Now, again, there may be some other types which are not targeted in this vaccine, but it's uh, targeted says that almost 90% of HPV-associated cancers could be eliminated or, or because of these nine uh, types. So of these seven types are cancer-causing and two are the genital wart-causing. And so that's the nine-valent vaccine that is only available currently in U.S., so now if somebody is unlucky that uh, they get the, uh, another type that was not included or not targeted in this vaccine, that would be, but the, the number of such people will be too small. And it costs a lot of, the chemistry is too complicated to put more, all those 40 in one um, one vaccine shot. And that's why the, they have currently stopped. I don't think there is any plan in the U.S. to increase the, num- uh, the target that they want to increase and it's going to stick to nine valent. And her next question was, uh, does yes. it take a long time to um, yes. develop? So, yeah, right. I think your second question was, since we know that it takes a long time, so uh, again, no other types, like on oropharyngeal, we can't do the t- screening. So uh, that means all boys are right there eliminated. But it's only among the women. So now as a part of the cervical screening, starting age 30 in U.S., um, they recommend you do screening three different possible ways. One is you can do just a pap testing, routine pap testing that you start at age 21. And if you are negative, the next three years um, you are good and you come back after three years. 
The second modality they have allowed is uh, called co-testing. So not only just you do the pap testing, but you can also look for HPV strains in your cervix. In the high risk, yeah, high and, risk strains. Yeah. And then the and again, the, yes, only high risk are uh, reviewed. And if those are again negative, then you don't have to do this one again next five years. So if it, the test is negative, then and you're good for next five years. The third modality that's approved is only HPV testing and no uh, pap smear testing and that is something um, as i mentioned earlier that uh, that is going to allow um, so if you uh, if you test negative then you're good for next five years so you don't have to do the pap testing it, you can just do the hpv testing only and which is you can do from starting age 30 to age 65 um, another uh, related angle there is that um, as I was mentioned, I was planning to talk about earlier was that the research is ongoing and it's uh, we are around the corner. You don't even have to go to the doctor's office. You will get a kit in the home like the FOBT for the mm-hmm. uh, for Cologar. Right. Some of you get in the colorectal cancer screening. You get this one. You a woman can self um, collect the sample and send it out. And if the test comes out negative, then that means they don't have to even go to the doctor's office. So, but again, HPV testing is between age 30 and 65 only. I, I, I want to take okay. away that not going to the doctor's office uh, as a disclaimer <laughs> right. because I think, yeah, there's this when a gynecological exam is done, it's not just looking for HPV only and the pap. They're also looking at the oh, ovary yes. and the uterus and others. So, a bimanual exam every two years, three years, one year, depending oh, yes. on the, uh, the office, <laughs> would be essential. But I think this part is, yes, we've also developed self-testing COVID mm-hmm. tests. There are some false negatives in that. So you have to be a little careful. That thing is not developed. Right. It's going to take a long time for that to really come out there. But I think that's a good point that one day it'll be easier for women in rural areas, for example, where there is a GYN shortage, primary care shortage. I think that's where the target is going to be. Let's not miss any woman in that area. or uh, you know. So that's where one thing. The second thing I want to emphasize uh, is that the earlier, and I'm going to let you elaborate on that, the earlier you take the vaccination, the more immunity you get. Sanjay, you want to talk about that? Uh, yes. And I think, I, uh, by the way, thanks for clarifying this point. I was not saying that don't go. No, for, yeah. it was for just for HPV Because testing. Is, our program gets recorded, so someone has <laughs> it. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks. Yeah, you bet. And so I think the HPV, the self-collection I was mentioning is, there is a program, NCI is testing it in a large scale. And as Subodh mentioned, the goal is really it will elim- uh, it will allow the women who are in the rural area or the exactly. women who are too busy because they have three jobs and they don't have time to go to the doctor. But at least as far as HPV testing, they can do it via right. the self-collection. And it doesn't mean that they can't do the other one. So going back to your, Subodh, your question about... Uh, taking the vaccine sooner than later. Yes. So I think that brings a question, like, and as I mentioned, the vaccine can be started as early as when you are age nine. Routinely, it's recommended between age 11 and 12, but you can start as early as age nine. And as long as you take your first shot before age 15, you only need to take two shots to be up to date on the vaccination. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you start your first shot after age 15, then you have to take three short series to uh, be, uh, uh, and that's uh, where that number is coming is because that's where the immunity is better when the vac- you are vaccinated earlier in a- your age than later in your age. Mm-hmm. And it's routinely recommended up to age 26. 
and beyond 26 and it's uh, it's only what's called the shared decision making and mm-hmm. if there is high risk uh, or reason from 27 to 45 but routine is starting nine try to get it as soon as possible and the latest is 26 we had a question in between madam yeah. Just one follow-up and then my recommendation is for boys and girls also. And then my follow-up was I still don't, I'm not sure. So when someone starts at 21 or the required age for pap smears, do they, as I understand correctly, they do not start testing for HPV also, only if it's a problem? Um, and then, or do they start testing at 30 years of age for HP and then follow up if it's a problem? I think I'm confused. Uh, <laughs> thank right. you. For, thank you. Okay. For no, my call. Uh, no th- thank you so much for uh, clarifying. So there are two things here. One is the vaccination and another one is for the cervical cancer screening. So those are the two distinct right. but connected parts. So the, as far as the vaccine goes, let's say you uh, took your vaccine at Anytime after 15, then you need three shots to complete the vaccination series. And the vaccine is really to prevent getting the infection. Understood, but is it for boys and girls? Yes, and it is, it, it, is, it, it is recommended for both boys and girls. Now, going to the, your next part, which is the screening for the cancer detection, and that's where there's nothing for boys because, again, boys will not get the cervical cancer, but boys may get the orophyngeal cancer, penile cancer, or other HPV-associated cancers. But there is no screening test available as of now for the, those types of cancer. Only screening test that we have is for cervical cancer for female. And that starts at age 21. And you can do it by using the pap testing and then... Uh, HPV testing also you can add either augment in addition to pap testing it's called co-testing or you can do only HPV testing alone and that starts at age 30 mm-hmm. okay thank you thank you thank you so thank much you. Uh, for calling open forum uh, a number I would give it out again is one eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five one eight 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 seven four nine one zero we have Dr. Sanjay Shethe. He is an epidemiologist at MD Anderson. Um, and, and when I say he's an epidemiologist, with all respect, he's a professor of epidemiology and has done a lot of research. Um, and his interest, I can see, is uh, in preventive medicine, prevention of cancers. Obviously, that's why you at MD yes. Anderson. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a fascinating think that vaccinations are being used to, to prevent uh, cancer. Smriti's question earlier, which I think we have been evading for a long time, is the cost. Yes. Is there a cost involved in getting these vaccinations? Does the government help in any way? Do the insurance companies pick it up? And if someone has to pay cash, do they go to the bank and empty out the whole <laughs> bank? What's the cost? Uh, yes. So I think let's uh, start with the positive news. Uh, if you are insured in U.S., then it's covered and there's no out-of-pocket cost at all. Just like any uh, routine screening, like we go annual uh, pay, uh, evaluation, uh, annual checkup, there's a, we don't pay any co-payment. So there is no co-payment for this vaccine if you are insured. Now, um, by the way, actual the cost is between 250 to $300, but that's not like you know, coming out of your pocket if you are insured. 
Now, if you are not insured, um, but it is uh, part of the U.S.'s national immunization program, so there is a program, for example, called Vaccine for Children. Mm -hmm. So as long as you are, you know, even if you are uninsured or underinsured or uh, Medicaid eligible, so this program will, again, cover your vaccination series free of cost. So there's no out-of-pocket cost for you. I think VIS, uh, uh, VIC, v, uh, whatever VIC. it's called, VSC, <laughs> it's for 18 and below, though. Yes, that's so right. So once you're above 18, you can't get it. we're in the gray zone again unless you're on your dad's or mom's insurance. That is correct. Is that and, true? Uh, yeah? Yes, okay. that is correct. A VIC program is only up to the children age 18. And what I heard recently that there was a plan, Texas was going to expand this one beyond 18, but I think uh, it has not, it's not going to happen is what I heard, but it's still, I think, ongoing. Well, and that's why it's like, you know, folks like me and my colleagues, that's why the onus is on us now from early age, at age 11 itself, we start talking about HPV, give out handouts to uh, our, our youngsters and to the parents as they read about this. I'd like to give it to you today. Someone like, nah, I don't want three shots. I'd come back and most of them will come back. Some we, some disappear and we never see them. And that's why we have to, you know, straighten up our callers out there. I think so. But that's the, the, the best thing what you said here, because at every encounter that you have with the parents and children, because I think what happens is that what we have seen, like, you know, talking with pediatricians in the state of Texas, um, what happens is like in the first time you go there and they say, well, okay, I think I'll ask my husband or my, ask mm-hmm. my wife. Yeah. Because again, it's, um, uh, they, ha- they have good reason because, you know, if something is going in their child's body. So they want to be careful. Yeah. They want to go back. So I think, but when you start this discussion starting age nine, that gives you a long time before they will come around because mm-hmm. then they will do research because now everybody's going to go back and look up uh, websites and then yeah. they're going to come back again. And I think like one of the things like I have is, uh, talking with some of the clinicians, I have a pediatrician, she told me that she tells her patients, go on the website, look whatever the information, but I'm the trusted source of information. Mm-hmm. You don't treat your child for other diseases looking at the website. You come to me. Call me, yeah. So I am the uh, the clinician is really the trusted source of information and there your child's health is as important to you as it is important to them. Right. And so that's the kind of communication that needs from the primary care health professionals at every encounter in a child and getting it sooner is the best thing because as you start getting 19 and old, as Smriti we mentioned, is that it starts getting now the payment, where it is right. going to come. Mm-hmm. Whereas as, as far as at least you are below 18 and that means still 9 to 18, almost 9 year time frame, you get it to get this vaccine. And I want to reassure uh, the parents who are listening. Sanjay, you, you really hit it on the head. If you're below 18 and you do not have insurance, and if your pediatrician is seeing Medicaid patients, they get HPV as part of the Medicaid program. And you can use that vaccination in an uninsured. You document that and you're fine. The, right. the Medicaid actually likes it because we want our numbers to go up in the state of Texas. We are pathetically, maybe we are 49th or 48th. I don't know. Uh, I think I, I just checked it. Like We, we got uh, better, I hope. Uh, yeah, we, we have been getting a little bit better. I think currently we are the 40th, in, uh, 40th state in the country. 40th, so, okay. But, you know, for again, it's a big state. It's one of the most economically for, you know, forward, economically better mm-hmm. doing state. But I think like we still are um, underperforming as far as up-to-date HIV vaccination. And I think there is a way for us to go. Yes. 
Our number out here is 1-888-749-1035. We are talking to Dr. Sanjay uh, from MD Anderson. We are talking about cervical cancer prevention, and, and not, not just cervical cancer prevention. Uh, this vaccination we are talking about called human papilloma virus, popularly known as HPV vaccination, and in brand name, it's called Gardasil 9 vaccination. We are not advertising for this vaccination. Me as a uh, physician and uh, Dr. Sanjay as an epidemiologist, I mean, this is the partnership we have where we want to make sure if there is a preventive vaccination for a deadly cancer. By the way, we didn't even tell our listeners how, what is the number, you know, there are skin cancer, then there's breast cancer. Where does HPV, uh, where does cervical cancer rank amongst women in USA? I think like, you know, as, um, so in U.S. and also worldwide, the cervical cancer is one of the largest, is a main cancer. U.S. it has been a little bit lower end because of the screening, which is more prevalent in U.S. As a, because women do go for annual checkups and there is a higher likelihood that they are getting screened. But just to give some numbers, U.S. every year, uh, new cases are about approximately 47,000 new cases, uh, cancer cases are diagnosed. The, those Goodness. which are HPV associated yeah. could have been prevented and which could have been prevented um, and almost 26,000 of them are in the women and about 21,000 in the men and so that's why one of the callers was asking like mm -hmm. is it for boys also yeah. so almost it's 50-50 yeah. yeah it's a pretty significant number when you say that so the other thing is I wanted to know like what is the status of this kind of vaccination not just here but like in India or like the other South Asian countries um, I think that's a very good question. So, um, so as you know, like the one of the way the vaccine gets either free or uh, subsidized is making it a part of the national immunization program. So currently, there are many many countries uh, have this vaccine as a part of the national immunization program. Almost 125. Uh, uh, countries uh, where it's uh, for girls only. So some of the because it's expensive. And for example, Africa, the bigger burden is on the women. Mm -hmm. right. And so at this stage, most of the African countries, it's recommending only for the female only because, again, it's a cost uh, um, uh, management issue there. Right. India and other South Asian countries, uh, as of now, I don't think India has made this as a part of national immunization program. Uh, although India has mm -hmm. created their own vaccine, uh, and it's not nine valent. India has uh, created uh, their four, uh, the quadrivalent okay. vaccine, and that is going to be much cheaper. And I heard the, in the news about like a month or two months ago, it's going to be between two hundred and three hundred rupees, and that would be that's pretty affordable mm -hmm. for yeah. And I think that will be a game changer for India because with the large. Because India is, after Africa, probably the cervical cancer is high in rural parts of India. Did you say Africa is 25% women? Or is oh, no, that no, the worldwide? Uh, no. Oh, no, no. I meant okay. like, you know, the, after Africa, India mm -hmm. is, uh, and the number of cervical cancers are very high in India as well. Mm. So particularly in the rural areas. So I think this vaccine that India has come up with, I think, has a potential that large number of people will get vaccinated sometime soon. But remember that this vaccine, just because giving it now, it's not going to solve the problem. These women will get at risk because generally cancer is a disease of aging. So mm -hmm. they get the cancer when they are in the 40s and 50s. So we need to vaccinate the girls and boys now to uh, have them impact 20, 30 years from now. Right. So 
the uh, so I think like you know I I feel like in India uh, uh, India did take some time. But I think the fact that they have come up with their own vaccine, it's going to be really game changer for India. Fantastic. Bo- uh, folks, you're listening to Open Forum. We're on 103.5 FM. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Sanjay Shete, and he's talking about HPV vaccination as a preventive measure to prevent cancer of the cervix in females and in males. Genitalia cancer can be prevented. And uh, our number out here is one eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five one eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five. If you have any questions, give us a call. Again, someone texted me uh, to ask Sanjay to talk about the risk factors for uh, HPV. Uh, you know, I, I guess they're talking about the sexuality, multiple partners, etc. So, what are the risk factors? Why some will get in and some may not get it. So, uh, is it about cancer or yes. the HPV? The HPV-related cancer. Right. I think HPV, as I mentioned earlier, it is sexually transmitted. It's in the number one te- sexually transmitted uh, so infection. When, but when you say sexually transmitted, what if someone has just a monogamous relationship? One person, one person only versus others. I think that's what she was And asking. I think that is the safe sex behavior, okay. and that will reduce substantially the risk of getting the HPV infection. So multiple no, partners, multiple so partners. it is a multiple, unprotected, you uh, get into more trouble. Right, multiple okay. partners, unprotected sex, and that's the one of the common reasons for why the HPV action, okay. uh, infection is spreading. All right, good deal. And uh, what is the future? I mean, we're talking of the present now. Mm-hmm. Is there... Uh, People are always looking for a miracle vaccination. For example, we started off a three-shot course in the beginning. We brought it to Gardasil 9, mm-hmm. and we made it a two-shot course. People out there looking for, is there a one-shot that's going to come out in the future for for HPV prevention? Uh, so it's one and done, you know? I think it's around the corner. It, it will come sometime soon. That's what I believe. And I'll tell you why it is coming. So this one actually really, initially they thought like, well, let's give the three shots. But mm-hmm. then there were some trials where some kids only got two shots and some got only one shot. Mm-hmm. And then they found out that, so this is uh, uh, so, uh, in the secondary analysis, they mm-hmm. found that the the uh, immunogenicity is like as good with the one shot versus, as opposed to two shot versus three shot. And so, but, you know, it's, uh, these are observational studies, so you don't make the national di- uh, policy yeah, based right, on the observational yet, study, yeah. and it has to be trialed. And so in the U.S., it moved down to two dosage, uh, two, uh, two shots after some time. But the World Health Organization currently actually recommends either one or two dose. Okay. And I think it's a combination of the cost and also efficacy. Right. So they're seeing is that the... And, and the administrative burden. I mean, you know, we talked about burden. polio. We talked about polio where actually polio was eradicated in India in a very unique manner. It was, it was people who were not trained to give shots were given oral vaccination. And that's how, you know, you send people five-minute training to see a, whatever the program and they vaccinate children from, you know, home to home to home mm-hmm. eradication so the burden of giving the vaccination was almost zero here we got to give a vaccination so i think that hence that one shot deal would be just the ideal deal to do you know to make and i think like now as as i mentioned the data is coming the trials are ongoing it may be a matter of time that one shot might be good enough but at this time it's a two shot as long as the first shot is given before the age 15 
Let me ask you. Yes, sir. Yes. Once you get the cervical cancer, what are the chances of eradicating from the patient? Do you get a hundred percent cured or no? Uh, no, I think like uh, uh, so now that's like in a much more downstream. So okay. it's HPV infection, sustained in, uh, HPV infection will in some percentage of uh, because as I mentioned, like there is a large number of women with the HPV infection, but only smaller percent of them will get the cancer. Overall, cervical cancer depends on what stage it is detected, whether it's a pre, um, you know, pre-cancerous lesions. And so it depends on when uh, it's detected. You can get like a cure. It could be as high as 90, 95%, or it can be like if it is, you know, already bleeding and its a tumor has spread over, then it's going to be much lower chance of survival for that woman. What kind of family support one could get? Is there something special need to be done for the patient? Uh, patients, I think that is uh, irrespective of the disease, uh, patient, uh, the, uh, uh, irrespective of the cancer site. I think the, uh, particularly, of course, HP, uh, the cervical, there is a lot of, you know, uh, people don't want to talk about it. So knowing, I think the family support is very important for any diseases, including, you know, cancers. And, uh, um, and I think that's where maybe I will We'll pull the plug here for the IACAN, Indian American Cancer Network, mm-hmm. where um, the mission is really to support uh, cancer patients who come, sometimes South Asian cancer patients coming from India even, or here, who either don't have um, limited insurance or limited knowledge, limited family support. So actually, IACAN helps uh, okay. patients of South Asian mm-hmm. descent in their journey. And the goal is like, you know, Cancer should not be a journey by himself or herself, and that the support from not only family but the community, and right. that would that would help them uh, cope up with the disease. And absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. So I know you talked about HPV in the beginning, and I think if I don't get it, I mean if I got it wrong, it is not curable. Is that is it? Is HPV curable? What What do you mean? I mean, is the virus? Can you cure it? Or there is no cure for it. Well, if if they Once detect, you have it. if they detect, I'm not the, talking about the cancer. If they right? detect the the course of HPV as right. in cervical cancer early, as we mentioned, yes, it is. You can cure that whole uh, area. You know, if they detect it on the Pap smear, and they have, there are several procedures that can be done, and you can actually cure it. Now, if it's in different stages, then it's a different story. Right. Obviously. I think, uh, Smriti, like, you know, you may have, like, two questions. If it is, if you do the pap testing and if they right. detect something abnormal, they can see that then uh, then they will do the cytology. As, uh, the, and there is uh, several things like, you know, uh, uh, curative procedures right. are there. And as long as it's not already full-blown cancer. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. And if it has, these are, there are precancerous lesions, they can remove it, actually. And then, so, and uh, it will lead to 100% cure rate, essentially. And, and that's why we talk about... Pap smears, because you can catch them at a very, very early stage, and you can actually cure it completely. People, you know, there are protocols that they follow, and after a few years, they see that there is no evidence of cancer anymore. Can they do that with a colonoscopy? Colposcopy. Colposcopy. Yeah, colonoscopy is for the colon, right? right. Yes. And then they use colposcopy, and even before colposcopy, there are biopsy techniques, etc., that are used, and then eventually leading to colposcopy and burning off, if not, the, that's not right. the right term, mm-hmm. of that, right. those areas that are precancerous or very early stages of cancer. Okay. And then they survey every 
so, so many months, every so many years, and they'll come out and say, you are free of cervical cancer. Yes. In early, that's why the vaccination and the screening, if you combine the two, it's going to be like polio. You can eradicate a, most, a lot of the stuff that polio did. The after effects of polio is amazing. Look, it's 4.53 right now, Dr. Sanjay. <laughs> we have another five minutes in this segment. And then the second hour, we're going to be talking to the good folks from the Indo-American Charity Foundation, which is one of the oldest foundations, oldest organization in Houston. started in 1988, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and we're going to talk good stuff about the Charity Foundation. But I do want to give a plug-in for the IACAN. I have been to, uh, I was not aware of that organization till a few years ago. And then uh, we got, uh, Jagat and I actually went to one of their galas. That's right. Yes, I saw and you there. I was there too, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we realized what great job they do. And the, the, we saw the patients who had had um, bone marrow transplants and we saw the donors okay. and the recipients at the same time. And then you realize how good we human beings are when we want to be really good. I mean, I could see that, and that really changed. I'm like, no, IA can is doing a great job, and hence uh, the president at that time, Mona Lisa, Jagat and I have been in contact, and we always tell them, look, you want this radio program every quarter, you get that one hour for sure, because they all do a great job. Our job is easy. We just give you one hour and interview you. So I'm so glad that you're here. I'm going to let you wrap up the last two minutes that we have here for you about what we discussed today. And and so in the late term, we can explain to our listeners why this vaccination is important. So I think like, you know, uh, so thank you. And uh, quickly, I think that what we talked about is that the HV vaccination is important. It's the only vaccine that's available that uh, can cure cancers uh, or uh, prevent cancers, really. And so unlike, you know, like you know, if you get lung cancer, there's no, uh, there's no vaccine available mm-hmm. for lung cancer. So this is the all HPV associated cancer we could essentially eliminate if we can increase our vaccination. That way, uh, the prevalence of the vaccination in the population and, and thereby give the herd immunity. Right. And I think, as somebody mentioned, that it's not just take the vaccine. And particularly for women, there is opportunity to get the screening done and uh, for the cervical particularly. And as uh, Smriti, uh, we're just saying that it is not only a screening tool, it's also a curative tool. Right. And so that's a really important thing. So um, so I think, like, uh, thank you so much for bringing this topic, which is near and dear to most of us, including, uh, you know, because this is, uh, again, it, HIV vaccination is really cancer prevention. It's not promoting any sexual activity. It is promoting the uh, cancer. So I really want to thank you, uh, Subodh. Absolutely. Uh, Jagat, Smriti, and Dinkar for giving the ICANN this one hour uh, to... Uh, you know, as Smriti was asking, like, you know, it's education, and this is the way at least some small percentage of people will uh, look up and uh, vaccinate their age-eligible children. I think that uh, it's a great success. And it's one a hour. great awareness for them, for you being here and listeners listening to that. I mean, I think they feel probably more educated about it, and they would have questions about it. Absolutely. And again, Sanjay, thank you for coming out here. Keep up the good work that you do at uh, MD Anderson in 160 seconds do you know what you're doing in the next five years what's your plan in helping humanity 
Because that's what you do, basically. So I think like one of the things what I'm doing is in the state, state of Texas, I'm uh, developing a cancer uh, primary care physicians network Lovely. where we are communicating this information because more than general population, I think communicating because the, the primary care physicians are really the, the bridge. They are the yeah. one, the most important one. So we're working with them. We're helping them giving the, some uh, uh, talking points with mm-hmm. their patients. And the, our goal is to, again, increase the vaccination and at least eliminate this uh, cancer that we have a magical uh, uh, solution uh, available. Absolutely. And I think uh, folks like you, and I bet there are so many others who also have the same goal, should be given platforms in different medical societies to talk to the physician because that is your first line of defense, if that's the right word to oh, use. That's correct, yes. And, and in medical societies where there are, there's an audience already there, they all come to have lovely dinner and a nice glass of wine, I think, out there. But if you educate them for 20 minutes about what we just discussed, that would be amazing. Yes. And uh, count on me anytime you need um, uh, to talk to primary care like me. I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and have a cup of coffee with you and discuss more and see what other ideas we can come up with. One of them would be handing out brochures to every parent who comes into the waiting room and and letting them read about what this is why are we lagging we should not be lagging so last thing before i let you go is Mm -hmm. today whoever has listened to us today the parents especially whoever's listened to us i want them to do one exercise and i think that will do a lot of uh, good thing for their children open up their shot records just go go to your closet Go to your computer, go to your phone, open that and see if they got HPV vaccination or not. That's also right. known as Gardasil 9, or it used to be called quadrivalent Gardasil many years ago. That's obsolete now, but mm-hmm. if, if the kids are young, look at Gardasil 9. If they got that, and if they're below 15, they should have had two shots. If they're above 15, they should have three shots, depending on when it was started. If they don't have it, Next time you go to your physician or make an appointment to get go to your physician and talk to them about it. Ultimately, it's the parent who's going to give the consent to the child. But ultimately, it's the child who's going to benefit from that vaccination when the parents are already in heaven. Okay. Remember that. Remember, it's a very strong, powerful statement that I'm making. Yes, what we it. do for our children today, tomorrow we'll be gone, but they'll still be alive to understand that, oh my God, my parents gave me this vaccination, or, you know, they didn't even talk about it because it was available at that time. So, think about it, folks, and I'll just leave it at that. Sanjay, again, thank you so much for coming, and come back again in about six months to one year once you've got some more